Hello, welcome to the Trucks in Sci-Fi podcast. Today is June the 21st, 2009. This will be podcast 232. And this is your host, Rico. If you're the first time uh, ever listening to Trucks in Sci-Fi, where have you been all of my life? <laughs> for the last three, almost, oh gosh, getting closer to four years now uh, for doing the show. But uh, if you're a tried and true TSF listener, uh, welcome back. Uh, going to have a fun show. We're going to talk about fandom uh, as it relates to Star Wars, Trek, uh, role-playing games, uh, all kinds of different areas. Primarily, I'm going to be speaking with a documentary maker, uh, Jason Hohen, who... Uh, does uh, or did a, a a wonderful documentary called Peg Warmers, and uh, we uh, chatted over Skype a few days ago. Talked a lot about his documentary and fandom in general. I think you're gonna really enjoy that. That will be the main uh, chunk and section of today's podcast. Talk a little bit about Trek and the movie. Still, uh, a few other little things to toss in. Uh, uh, things that are going on in the world of uh, sci-fi and, and Star Trek entertainment news and things. So. Uh, just sit back and uh, relax, and uh, welcome uh, back to the podcast, or to the first time, to Treks in Sci-Fi. Well, there's still the stereotype out there that we're a bunch of geeks who live in our parents' basements. 35-year-old living in the mom's basement, yes. Uh, that's the typical stereotype. I'm in my mid-30s, and I still read comics, and I tell people that I read comics, and they look at me sideways. You know, I don't volunteer that I played D&D because, you know... People do sometimes look at you like, hmm. Today I'm dressed up as a Jedi Knight. Jedi Knights are the uh, guardians of peace and justice, and uh, in a time like this, I think we need uh, more of them. A lot of us are geeks who live in our parents' basements, but, you know, we're harmless. We don't walk around with uh, propellers on top of our hats. It's not really anything to be ashamed about. Yes, I make lightsabers in my basement. I don't care who knows. We do it because we like it, not as much as because somebody else likes it. They want to have fun, dress up as a Klingon, why not, you know? You may think I'm a geek or a loser, but I'm having fun at it. It's what makes me happy, and I, you know, I, I could be spending my money on crack. Ordinary, common, average, run-of-the-mill, these are synonyms for, for normal. Who the hell wants to be average? I know that I'm a loser, I know that I'm a geek, but it makes me happy. <laughs> hey. Well, that was a uh, promo for the excellent, again, documentary called Peg Warmers. Uh, it can be found over at pegwarmers.tv on the Internet. Uh, you can learn all about that there. We'll, of course, be talking about that a lot during today's show when I interview Jason, uh, who put together that documentary. Uh, well, that interview uh, will be coming up here very soon. Got a few bits of news and stuff going on with me. Uh, actually, uh, as many who know, many who listen to this podcast know... Uh, I've uh, been looking for a new job for a little while now, and I've got an interview with the lab uh, actually tomorrow, so that's pretty exciting. I, I actually talked to them on the phone last week, kind of did a little mini phone interview, and tomorrow uh, I'm going to be going in for a, 
a regular old, uh, you know, face-to-face meet the the place and, and make sure, you know, whoever they're bringing in doesn't have two heads and uh, can actually put together a coherent sentence. I think I can do that. <laughs> I'm thinking about either, you know, Jedi Knight robes or um, Starfleet-like uniform to wear. I'm not sure which. Uh, I guess I could wear a suit, but I don't know. I, I want to make it, you know, a unique impression. So, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, I think it'll go well. I, I, I at least it's nice to go in and have a regular, uh, you know, face-to-face interview for a change. So, uh, so that'll be good. Um, uh, what else has been happening with me? The past week, I guess, has been kind of busy. My uh, younger son, we had a big graduation party uh, yesterday. Uh, we kind of did a joint party with one of the neighbors who also had a son that graduated this year from high school. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit tired. I don't know if that'll come through in my voice today, although the interview with Jason was done a few days ago. So when we get to that part of the podcast, you won't notice that. So, uh, But, yeah, it was a busy day yesterday, and kind of glad to kind of having a uh, quote-unquote normal day here and doing a little podcast stuff and things like that. Uh, I think that's it. You know, enough about Rico and his news and (laughs) third person. There I go. Uh, We will uh, now I want to play a couple things related to the Trek movie. Uh, It continues to do well, though my local theater, the one I usually go to to see that uh, new movies, uh, I'll be going to see in a few days Transformers, which I'm looking forward to, number two. Uh, or is it is it called Transformers 2, or is it just called Transformers Revenge of the Fallen? I think it's called Transformers 2 Revenge of the Fallen. Who cares, really? You know what? It's big giant robots fighting each other, you know? So uh, that's all you need to know. But the uh, the Star Trek influence seems to be just everywhere. And there's a, a country uh, music star, young star named Taylor Swift, who uh, they just had these country music awards. Uh, I think it was just about a week ago, last week sometime. And they did a little opening number that was kind of funny and humorous, I thought. And I think this will come through on audio, so I'm going to play it for you. But near the beginning of the show, she sort of talks about her dream of wanting to be in the new Star Trek movie. And then they kind of did this little video of putting her in the film. Uh, You definitely should check it out. I I put some posts up on the MainTreksAndSciFi.com website about it in the Star Trek section there. It's been posted about on the uh, Treks and Sci-Fi forums. Uh, and if you do a search in Google, Taylor Swift, Star Trek, or something, it'll pop up. And I think you can find it on YouTube now, too. So anyway, here's Taylor Swift and her dream of being in the new Star Trek movie. I'm so glad you're doing the CMT Music Awards. I'm so excited. This is my dream. All your dreams seem to come true, kid. I mean, It's like there's so many things that I want to do, you know? I still have all of these dreams, like, like the new Star Trek movie. I want to be in the new Star Trek movie. Okay, that's going to be a little difficult since it's already been released. But it's my dream. Hey! Who are you? I'm Taylor. We are traveling at warp speed. How did you manage to beam aboard this ship? It's my dream. Yeah, this is awesome. Are you a member of Starfleet? I, um... He is. I'm a member of MySpace. Do you do MySpace? You should come at me sometime. Under penalty of court-martial, I order you to explain to me how you were able to beam aboard this ship while moving at warp. Do you do Twitter? I could totally teach you how to do Twitter. Answer me. I got this. The answer is Drew from the engine room. (laughs) He let me in. You know the song Teardrops on My Phaser? That's about him. Um, hey, Spock, guys. Taylor. If you stop writing songs about guys you're going out with, maybe they'd want to date you. (laughs) Really, Bill? Where were we? 
Okay, did you have to vaporize my head? That was totally uncalled for. You kind of asked for it, though. You can't go sneaking into my dreams like that. Well, come on, you're too cute to be hardcore. Well, you know, I can see how you could think that, but here's my next thing. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It, uh, it's well worth watching. Uh, check it out uh, online if you haven't seen the video for that. Uh, again, uh, Taylor Swift from the uh, Country Music Award uh, thing about a week ago. Uh, just uh, It just shows, again, you know, Star Trek is now like everyone is, is into Trek and, and loves it. William Shatner was on Conan O'Brien, The Tonight Show, earlier this week. Uh, and they had a little funny bit. It's just all over the place. And it, it's kind of nice for a change that uh, it's getting the attention that, that it really well deserves and that everyone is kind of like, oh, yeah, I like Star Trek. I like Star Trek. Oh, yeah, I've always liked Star Trek. It's 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 crazy. It, 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 it's more than I think they had hoped for, and uh, there is talk now. I even put a post on the forum and started it off. Uh, they're, they're talking uh, again more and more now about the uh, the next movie, this the sequel to the, the current one. Uh, probably a couple years away. It looks like the same writers uh, are going to be working on it. Uh, there's a lot of little rumors floating around about what they may be, uh, you know, what the kind of story would be. Uh, you know, they, they've uh, thrown around, you know, you know, who might the new villain be? Would it be somebody new? Would it be somebody we've seen before? Or sort of a redoing of some old tale? I'm definitely uh, hoping that they do something kind of new, unique, and original. I mean, the, even the current movie is is like that in a way, uh, pretty much on its own. I mean, the, the villain and, you know, the storyline and that. Uh, you know, of course, the characters we know and things, but uh, I, I think these guys are well capable of coming up with a new and unique story. So, uh, yeah, lots to look forward to. Everyone, please remain calm. The Tiberius is one of the most well-designed ships in the fleet. It would take a hell of a lot more than a little interstellar turbulence to threaten her structural integrity. Warning. Depressurization detected. Detection. If we don't catch this soon, we can have catastrophic consequences for the Tiberius. I don't know if I can cure you or, or anyone else, Captain. This is going to be a long day. Star Trek Boldly, found only on the Treks in Sci-Fi and Anomaly podcast feeds. Part 2, coming Wednesday, June 24th. Yes, there is a, a very exciting promo there for the second part to uh, the Star Trek Boldly uh, RPG, uh, just, you know, audio extravaganza that Jen's been working so hard on. Uh, Jen of the Anomaly podcast, uh, she's one of the moderators over on the Treks and Sci-Fi forum and uh, really works very hard on these. She put out part one uh, a few months back and part two of this uh, dramatization, basically, of the RPG game, more than just reading the the posts, you know, with, with as you heard in there, just very dramatic uh, acting and sound effects, and I'm I'm really looking forward to a whole new uh, musical arrangement score by Rick Moyer, and it's just going to be amazing. I, I can't wait to hear it, and that will be released, like Jen said, in a few days, uh, midweek, uh, June 24th. So uh, I know everyone will be back uh, to tune in and listen to that. Uh, really great, and uh, I just want to again say thanks to Jen for doing that. I mean, it, it takes a crazy amount of work people um 
pre you really don't have any idea yet how much it takes to put something like that together until you really try it yourself. Hours and hours of work just because she enjoys it. I, I think <laughs> I hope she's enjoying it too. But it, you know, it's it's just something. Uh, it's like doing a podcast too, in a way. I mean, we we do these because we really love doing it and we find it fun and it just really allows us to uh to do things and kind of stretch and uh you know meet a lot of new people and uh, just for a lot of different reasons so tune in uh in a few days for star trek boldly part two is this thing on hey honey can you hand me my good voice yeah that one <clears throat> yeah that's better hey rico this is alan from new mexico dad anderson on the forums a friend of mine recommended the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast to me right at about the time your Merry Trekness videocast dropped last December. So I download it, and I'm watching this thing with the little alien guys, and I'm going, what on earth is this? But then I went back and downloaded one of the other podcasts, and I gotta tell you, I was hooked. I've spent the last six months listening to every episode of the podcast in order. That's about five a day, in case you're wondering. And I gotta tell you, it never got old. What I like most about your podcast is it's like a bunch of guys hanging out in the basement, drinking Gatorade, talking about Star Trek. What more could you ask for? This week, for the first time, I'm out of new episodes to listen to. So I've joined the forums, and I'm having even more fun. So, Rico, keep up the good work. I look forward to the next episode, and I'll see you on the forums. Thanks. You can put that back in the box now, babe. What? Oh, I didn't stop it. Thanks for those nice compliments uh, from uh, Alan over in New Mexico. He's a new member on the Treks and Sci-Fi forums. We've had quite a few new members lately, uh, always uh, welcoming new people. And uh, check it out on the forum. We have a great time, especially uh, for those right now. If you uh, want to get into maybe a little Star Trek writing, we're going to be starting Season 10 of the RPG. God, I can't believe it's to the 10th season of that. But that'll be starting a little at, towards the end of this week. I think Friday was the target uh, for that starting up. So check out the forums. Just you go to treksandsci-fi.com, click on the forum link, and it'll take you right over. Okay, I want to talk uh, just real briefly about kind of fandom in general. Uh, the uh, interview that I'm going to be uh, playing for you here shortly uh, with Jason and talking about Peg Warmers and his documentary takes up a pretty good amount of time. So I don't have time to talk a lot about other areas, but just give you my kind of general approach. Impre uh, <laughs> more green tea. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've been a big fan of, of Star Trek and sci-fi for, for pretty much my whole life, and everyone who listens to this show is aware of that. Been to many, many conventions. Uh, I've obviously done a lot of things on the Internet in the recent years. I, I used to do these little audio dramas growing up, uh, the adventures of the Starship Aurora that I've played way back when on the podcast. And, uh, you know, so... I'm a pretty big geek and fan, but uh, I also, you know, do other things. Have a, you know, wife, couple of kids. Usually have a job. <laughs> uh, but the, you know, the point is, I think uh, even with the new success and and the way Star Trek is is really blasting everywhere into the media in all areas. There's still this sort of slight stigma to you know Star Trek, uh, even Star Wars. Well, Star Wars is maybe. Maybe never had quite as much of a stigma because it's been some, you know, so big and a little bit more maybe mainstream than than Trek was. 
But, you know, there's just this thing about guys that wear costumes or wave around phasers or lightsabers are just a little out there, guys or girls, I should say. Uh, and, and especially those that go to conventions and, and do a lot of these kinds of things, you know, build little lightsabers in their basement. And, you know, Jason's documentary, and we'll talk more about that as we go through and uh, do our interview, but it really works well at, at showing that these are just people who enjoy this stuff and have fun and could be doing things uh, that are a lot worse, you know, blowing their money on, you know, going out and getting drunk every night or whatever. I mean, I don't even really want to talk about that. But, uh, you know, the po- the point is that there's a lot more to these people and that fandom is just another aspect of people who are kind of passionate and excited about something. You know, I've always felt that the the people that scare me and bother me more are the ones that are just apathetic, that don't really have, have an opinion one way or the other. They don't care about anything. You know, if there's a new movie or a TV show, and I'm not saying everyone should be a movie, you know, a movie fan or a TV fan, but, you know, it's it's important, I think, to have something that you really love and, and you're passionate about, whether it's a, you know, you enjoy fishing or or going to a Star Trek convention or going to a sporting event, whatever it is. You know, that's what makes the world fun is everyone's a little different. But the, you know, kind of sad or unfortunate thing a little bit about it is that, you know, people who can go crazy at a football game and paint their bodies one color, you know, the colors of their team, people don't really seem to have a problem that much with that. But you, you put some pointy ears on somebody and, and they're at a convention and they're talking to somebody who's a news reporter there. They're always after the kind of, I, I hate to use the word freaks, but it, it's they seem to think that there's something seriously wrong sometimes with these people. And uh, that is, is far from the case, you know, and any kind of activity, there's always going to be the ones that are very extreme, but there are, you know, 99% of them are not like that. And that's true again, in any kind of activity or passion. I mean, there are people that, you know, are, you know, do car restoration, and there are some that are just crazy about it and and maybe spend more money than they should. And then there's other people who are so into collecting and that that, you know, they're they're spending thousands of dollars on on action figures every month or whatever it happens to be. Or, or, you know, there's just always going to be extremes in any kind of area. So one thing I wanted to say for those that aren't aware of it, there are a huge number of fan-type films out there for both Trek and Star Wars. I still like to do a whole podcast about that subject itself. Uh, Jason's is more of a documentary-style thing, but you know, fan films like the Trek New Voyages series, there's a ton of Star Wars stuff out there, too. Uh, I have some up on my YouTube feed. If you search for Trek SF, there's a great one uh, that I put up not too long ago, a Star Wars fan film. It's just all over the place, and, and people really put their own time and money and effort into these things. And, you know, the RPG game, and like I was talking about earlier and what people do for that, uh, again, just something that they really enjoy, and it stretches you a little bit. You know, you get to, if you're a filmmaker, you like to like make little films, that's one area, or audio dramas, or just writing, uh, or costuming. It, it, it's just a way to, to have a little fun and have something that you enjoy to do um, outside of, you know, maybe your day-to-day life and uh, activity of work or school or whatever it happens to be. So I don't think I can talk too much more because, again, the interview is fairly long, but I just wanted to say that. And I'll probably come back at the very end just with some parting words uh, to wrap up the podcast after the interview with Jason uh, from Peg Warmers or of Peg Warmers. Which way would it be? Of Peg Warmers, maybe. 
Anyway, Jason, Jason Hohen and uh, myself here coming up next on Treks and Sci-Fi, our interview about peg warmers and fandom. Okay, everyone. Uh, today on the podcast, we have a special guest uh, with me over Skype, uh, which hopefully will maintain its normal good connection, is Jason Hohen, who is the, I guess, producer, director, filmmaker of uh, a DVD uh, fan film, or uh, I guess more appropriately, a movie about fandom and fans uh, called Peg Warmers. Well, welcome to Treks and Sci-Fi, Jason. Thanks for having me, Rico. It's nice to be on your podcast. Yeah, I'm glad we finally connected. I know it's taken a little while. Uh, we have a mutual <laughs> friend uh, who's on my forum, uh, Jeff Job, who's Jedi Jeff, known as... Jedi Jeff, yeah. Yeah, who He's... was also, I saw him uh, show up a few uh, times in your in your DVD, in your video. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Jeff, Jeff's actually one of the characters, one of many characters actually in, in the documentary, and uh, yeah, he's kind of one of my my toy experts in the show as well. And he was a, he was a pretty good um, pretty good person to have in the documentary for sure. He knows his stuff. Yes, and actually, I you know even though he's I've known him for a little while through through Treks and Sci Fi, I learned a few things about him that I'm going to have to taunt him about a little <laughs> but Absolutely. uh but anyway uh, yeah so uh, for people who aren't familiar with it let's just get out of the way to begin with you know just kind of in a, in you know in a brief amount of time whatever you want tell everyone what peg warmers is all about what the, what this uh this uh, video production is and, and a little bit about the background uh, Peg Warmers is, is, a, is a feature-length documentary, a 90-minute documentary, which basically um, covers the um, subcultures of science fiction and science fiction fandom. Uh, so it covers pretty much everything that there is in sort of this whole sort of sci-fi fandom world, um, whether it's about toy collecting, um, costuming, that sort of thing. There's some stuff on medieval uh, costuming, some some stuff on the 501st as well. I know the Badlands guy, or the excuse me, the the, the Stormtrooper guys. Um, there's a bunch of stuff on some Star Trek guys, so pretty much everything that's under the umbrella of fandom. Uh, and the documentary really is is more about um, what's the word I'm looking for? Looking into the stigma of 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 science fiction fans and, and sort of the misunderstanding of what of a lot of science fiction fans and fantasy yes, fans I, are. I noticed uh, when I watched it, you, uh, without being kind of hitting people over the head too much, that was definitely <laughs> in there. And I, you know, I thought you did a very good job with that, that idea. And it's, you know, being a fan of, of Star Trek, Star Wars, and all those good things and D and D myself, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's been something I've had to live with my whole life to a degree. Although, uh, <laughs> I've never. I, I really like the attitudes of, of most of the people that you you know you had in the in the documentary and 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 just they're like, well, this is who I am, and if if you don't like it, you well, too bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Got to deal with it, kind of a thing. So you know, they everyone had a very positive and very good attitude. 
Well, that, well, that was kind of the angle I was kind of looking for in the documentary. You know, there's there's a lot of other documentaries. Well, maybe not a lot of other ones, but you know, there's sort of that general sort of stigma around science fiction fans and fantasy fans that they're kind of you know the basement basement dwelling geek who you know lives in mom's basement and eats eats Doritos and drinks Mountain Dew all day long and doesn't have any social skills. Well, I knew uh, and, I forgot and, to get something. I forgot my Doritos. Wait a second. <laughs> you, you get your yeah, Doritos get, and your Mountain yeah. Dew. So, um, basically, yeah, the documentary tries to eh, kind of show that really these guys are aren't aren't really that at all. Really, more than anything, these are just you know we're just people with with a, with a, with a passion, and you know, um, and th- yeah, that's really definitely. what it is. You know that I, I, I tried to keep it fair. I tried to keep it as positive as I as I possibly could, and I think that I think that kind of came through in the documentary. Everybody came across you know fair, fairly fair, fairly well, I believe. Yes, definitely. Uh, one thing before we get into it too deeply, uh, the my first thought, and uh, it probably would have been answered. I didn't get a chance to listen to you have two kind of versions of it on the DVD. You have just you know watching the documentary, and then you got also have another version on there with you guys doing commentary, mm-hmm. which yeah, I still do want to sit down and watch. But uh, my biggest question after I watched it that I, that I was wondering about was, was what, you know, what inspired you to do this? Why, why did you do it? Uh, was it, was it just to show fans in this kind of light? Was it to, you know, hone your filmmaking skills or, or what? Yeah. One of the reasons, one of the main reasons I did this, well, I'll go way back. Um, okay. My buddy David, my buddy David Coe, he's a, he's a costumer, collector, he does a whole bunch of stuff. Um, he, he's in the documentary quite a bit. Uh, this is going back quite a few years. He had actually bought a Stormtrooper costume, his first one, his first white armor. Uh, and him and another buddy of mine, actually it was Jeff now that I think about it, we decided to go take some pictures of, of his new armor. Uh, <laughs> so we went out to this local okay. man-made lake. Just still pictures, you, know, you mean? Just or, still, just still yeah. pictures, okay. and I think Jeff had a camcorder as well. And uh, you know, this is kind of the genesis of how this thing happened. And we went out, we were taking pictures of it, and there was a wedding party going on. Um, and they called him over, and they said, hey, you know, could, would you mind being our wedding photos kind of a thing? And it, it was kind of funny. You know, it was kind of a funny little bit. I don't think anybody uh-huh. had really seen a stormtrooper, new guy, stormtrooper walking around the lake. Anyways, I started talking to Dave, and I said, to him, you know, this is actually really an interesting little thing, how people are so fascinated by this. I should make like a little YouTube video, a little short sort of a, you know, a little video about your costume and why you like it and that right. sort of thing. Yeah. So, so I looked into it and, and I started talking to Dave and I started looking online and stuff and I realized that this is just, his costume was just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's a whole sort of, a whole subculture out there that's really misunderstood uh, and somewhat misrepresented, and it's huge. And I thought to myself, you know, this would just be a great, um, this would just be a, a great subject for a documentary. And that, that's basically the genesis of from there. And from what went from a basically like a two-minute idea for a five- or two-minute-long YouTube video turned into a 90-minute documentary. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like we were discussing earlier about we both do podcasts and, and, <laughs> and said, oh, yeah, maybe if I had not realized when I first stepped into this little pool, how much it was going to take and time and effort that maybe I would have thought differently. But yeah, oh sure, I'll make a movie. Yeah, yeah I'll make okay. a documentary. Yeah, exactly. Well, I work in television. That's actually my job. I'm a television editor. I've worked on a number of documentaries before. Oh, okay. Um, so you definitely, yeah. th- this is in well, your yeah. blood and in your background and, and you didn't come yeah. in here cold like you'd never picked up a camera or done any editing yeah. or anything. 
No, no, I'm, I'm an editor. That's what I do for a living. And I, like I say, I've edited several documentaries. Um, and I really wanted to do something on my own. I wanted to direct and produce my own documentary. Uh, and I thought to myself, well, this is fairly approachable, um, fairly approachable subject material. And it's, and it's you know, I, I know the people that are in it. All sure. I really need is a camera and, and the editing equipment and I could get this thing going. And that's kind of how it developed from there. It was, it, it kind of turned into a, you know, a, a little bit of a you know one of those things that you know, I just really wanted to do. Yeah. Now I, I I'm curious uh, and because there wasn't a lot in the regular DVD of it, I I I was wondering about you yourself. Are are you a big fan? Are you like these other guys as that, that, much? That, yeah. Or, or or maybe a little less or. Or was there? Uh, did you ever have the thought that you would put yourself uh, in there? I'm not sure again how much of a collector and a costumer and things like that that you are. Yeah, to, to be honest, not at all. Um, I'm, I'm actually, as far as being a fanboy, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fanboy, to be honest. I, oh, okay. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed science fiction movies. I always have as a kid. I'd put Star Wars in my top ten movies, sure. that kind of thing, um, and and that sort of thing. But as for actually being a toy collector. Um, or any of you know co- a costumer or any of that stuff. I, I come from a little bit from the outside. Um, how, about but, but, a, how about conventions and that? Are were you much of a con goer? Because a lot of the, no, the DVD no. is is showing them at different conventions and events and things. No, not really. To be honest, I had only been to one Star Trek convention before this documentary. Okay. All right. Yeah, so for me it was a bit of a discovery as well. You know, for me it was understanding and learning about these characters. But you and, obviously and have a couple of of good friends at least that that were exactly. into it. So you weren't totally, you know, like who the heck are these guys? <laughs> exactly. Why well, are yeah. they wearing these things out in public? <laughs> like the guy with the big Ewok costume. I got a kick out of him. The six foot <laughs> guy with with the he's the biggest Ewok in the world or whatever. <laughs> yeah, six foot two and two forty five or something. He's the world. Yeah, he tallest. had a very nice attitude though. I really really liked his personality and everything and it really came through and uh he would go around in his costume and hug people and things like that and <laughs> exactly you know yeah it, i think that's one of the things too about this documentary is like i say the the biggest thing in any in any in any sort of film or anything is you need two things you need characters and you need stories and this <laughs> this showed this documentary definitely had a had a had a lot of characters in it uh and a lot of little stories you know uh, it wasn't like a conventional – I shouldn't say a conventional documentary, but the, well, there was no A to B story arc in my documentary. Um, really, it's 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 more – you'll probably notice it's more 16 little short stories. It's 16 yes, different right. acts yeah, of yeah. – you know. I've seen quite a few of these just to let you know, and you, you've probably – I'm sure when you were doing this, if you hadn't seen them, you probably had someone tell you you should watch – Trekkies and 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 these other things that have been put out and the one thing I really enjoyed about yours, uh, which was interesting, I thought, was that you really you went after just about every little area, like we talked about at the beginning. You know, you said, you know, there were the Star Wars people, the Five Hundred First costume people, there were Star Trek fans, there were people that played D and D, which I've I've played D and D a lot over my life, and uh, yeah. You know, and you had the uh, the Renaissance people out there, uh, jou- well, not really jousting, but but I, I guess fighting each other and fighting each other. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I mean, you you went after. I mean, you know, there's certainly there are so many these days, especially very you know subcultures within this whole fandom area. You know, they're the people that are you know the Firefly fans, and and, and there's yeah, just yeah. you know you could probably spend you know hours and hours, but you hit 
really a lot of them, and I was uh, I really like that. At first, I thought it was just going to be mostly Star Wars, the costumers, the 501st, and that. But then you got into some other areas, which I was uh, happy to see. Well, I, if if you watch it, there I mean, there is no real story arc to it, but you can right. see how each act kind of works. They relate to each other. So it's one little story. You know, it starts off with a little bit of cost or collecting. Uh, then the collecting kind of t- relates to how the costuming and the costuming relates to a different type of costuming, which relates to collecting and then comic. You know, they all kind of work. And the comics, right? Uh, which was another sub area too that I, I was happy to see in there too, because there, again, there have been films that have just kind of focused on one section. Like here's Trekkies for Trek fans, and here and here's something about the Star Wars guys, and here's something. There there have been a couple things about the the D&D renaissance kind of guys, but you, you hit it a lot, you know, all these areas kind of a, you know, a smorgasbord of, of fandom. Well, you know, it's interesting too, because as much as I, there was a lot of different fandoms in there, different types, many different subcultures in there, there's, there's a ton of them that wound up on the, on the cutting room floor and a lot of stuff that I, I didn't actually get to touch on in the documentary. Um, for example, I, I, I wanted to do some stuff on Warhammer, which would have been interesting, but it, I, I wanted to compare Warhammer and, and those sort of games to role-playing games because they're slightly different on how they're sure. played. Sure. You know, that that kind of thing. I wanted oh, to yeah. do a piece, you know. On, yeah, there was on, probably, I'm sure, uh, that's the hardest thing I, I would imagine when you're doing something like this is, you you know, you come back, you sit down, you've got hours and hours of footage, you oh, know, yeah. and then, okay, what do I keep in and what do I, you know, take out? And, yeah. Well, I, I interviewed close to 100 people um, for the documentary, uh, and I believe I had about 125 hours of footage to go through. Um, yeah, <laughs> roughly how like... long? Give me, give me a bit of a timeline now. I, I mean, I noticed that there is there are parts uh, of the movie that, uh, or the documentary, I should say, that uh, take place around Revenge of the Sith, which was back in 2005. Yeah, but I'm just it, curious it, on how. What was your timeline for filming it, and and then maybe putting it together as well? Um, there was no real um, set timeline. Again, it was you know it was a work of work of love kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so there was no real timeline. I had no real deadlines to get it done. Sure. Which was which was kind of nice in a way because then I would just go out and I'd say you know there's a Ren Fest going on this weekend. I'll go and shoot that, and then I'll go to a toy collection and shoot that. Um, the, the it, it all started happening around '95. That's when things kind of began. And shooting basically went from about '95 through about '97, or excuse me, '95, 2005 to 2007. Okay. Uh, yeah. '95. Um, Holy smokes, it's not that old. <laughs> um, for, yeah, some, from about 2005, 2006, 2007, I, I finished up editing yeah, probably late 2007. Um, it had to be finished for a film festival. It was it filmed it, it it was screened at the Calgary Film Festival here a couple of years ago. That was its very first screening, and since then it's it's done a couple of other screenings, that kind of thing. So yeah, about about probably about three years, I guess, total between shooting and post production and all that sort of stuff, getting the thing done. Um, so it, there was a lot of work to be done for sure. But you know, again, you do you I kind of did it piecemeal. I you know I'm an editor at work, so <laughs> I'm a television editor at work, so I. I I'd, I'd work all day, and then I'd come home and do sit at my computer. Do the same. Well, yeah, <laughs> on your, exactly. On your do. work, on your project, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You probably got to be the point where you were like, I don't want to touch some, you know, you know, 
computer and editing and all that. Yeah. And, well, I'd work on exactly the piece of same, exactly the same piece of software that I was editing at at home as I was at work. So, oh, what do you to, use? I was curious about what what kind of tools, as far as both the the editing and the software, and also the 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 camera and and that kind of equipment. Sure. The, the, the documentary was shot on a, on a Sony PD-170, which is a standard definition camcorder. Uh, it's a prosumer, or actually it's a professional, it's a broadcast quality three-chip camera, on, and it's DV cam. Uh, and it was also shot on another camera. Yeah, uh, the quality I thought was was great. I, I mean, I, yeah. I it's on a. I showed it on my big screen TV, and it looked good to me. So uh. yeah, no, I was actually quite pleased with with the quality of the camera. Um, it, it was so it was shot on 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 video, um, and then it was edited on uh, Avid Express software. That's what the the rough cut, the first cut was done on, and it was fine cutted or finished on a, on a Avid Media Composer Adrenaline. Uh, so it was done on on good broadcast quality equipment so there's you know it's not like it was done you know in, in iMovie or something like that it, there, was a, sure. there was a lot of work that yeah well that, that was definitely obvious I really enjoyed the little uh, I don't know maybe you had a name for them but you had these things you used to transition the the documentary you know you would say uh Oh, give me an example of what one of them said. Like, you know what I mean? There, there were little oh, the, text you would say something like a, a, a uh, wiki. send in the send, send in the clones. Yeah, for send example. in the clones. Uh, <laughs> there were a lot of good ones, though. You had some some good. You would show a couple of words, and then you would fill the rest of them. When did that little idea come into to your head, or how did that come about? I really liked that, and it, I thought it was a good way to 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 you know transition from one thing to the next. Well, one of the things about this documentary, uh, going back a little bit, was that I always wanted to do this documentary as being um, sort of first person. When, you'll notice that there's no voiceover in the documentary at all. Right. And nobody says, yes. and then in 1997, here we, we are at the blah, blah, blah convention. Yeah, right. exactly. And I really wanted to avoid that, which, which was great because then there's sort of a truth to it. Um, you know yeah, what I you're mean? You're almost the, just like there. You're living it too, kind of, right? Exactly. And, and these guys, the people that are in it, are just talking about their passions and explaining themselves rather than me putting words in their mouth, which I think adds sort of a, 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 a an objectivity to it, which I think helps out the documentary a lot. The only problem with that, though, of course, is then for for transitioning from a scene to another scene, uh, is how do you introduce the different scenes, or how do you introduce the different subject matter? And that was simply just a matter of bringing up a title for like five or six seconds explaining what the next little subject piece of subject matter was going to be uh and that and that's where that came in and there was you know sending the clones for example was it was a piece where um it was the chapter about um the 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 501st guys going and doing their their charity work um or of dyson men which was which yes was a, exactly what, yeah. You know, which was about uh, the the Dungeons and Dragons guys, and they were just you know just little just little you know little little punny little things that people could kind of you know they, they realize okay here's a new thought, and and yes. that's basically where that came from. Yeah, it was great, uh, very very good. And uh, what I was going to ask, one thing that came to mind as I was watching it, and I was just thinking about it again, did you ever? Th- and I I think they did this in Trekkies a little bit. Did you ever think about taking these people that you were interviewing on, you know, when they were out collecting or at a convention or doing a costume event and say, okay, now I want you to take me and show me your quote unquote real life, your job, your whatever, you go to school. Was that ever uh, in your thought process when you were doing this a possibility of Um, of something that you wanted to maybe bring out? Because again, that would be an easy way to show, okay, these people are people that have, you know, they do more than just run around and 
wait outside stores to collect Star Wars toys and things. Yeah, that, it was a thought, but um, ultimately it's a bit of a – I don't want to say a time waster, but y- you know what I'm saying? It's, it, oh, it's, it certainly would have. Yeah, you, you wouldn't have been able to get the breadth and, and, and all of that. I mean it would have been a whole different kind of movie. I'm just, I was just curious mostly yeah. if, how – if you considered it you know, and, and you know, how, how you decided to just go with, okay, here they are in their kind of element more rather yeah, than yeah. Uh, showing yeah. kind of two sides of them. I, well, I, I did that too. Every once in a while during interviews, I'd ask people about what they did for a living and that kind of thing. And yeah. uh, to be honest, it came, you know, and I actually had it in, in, in the original Rough Cuts. I actually had a lot of that content in there. And it came off kind of dry, to be honest. Um, they must all it, make very good money, especially <laughs> – what was his name? Da- Dave? Uh, David, David? David, David Coe. David Red Eye Coe. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably the hero in the documentary for I, sure. He's I, I, probably I want to the have major. these guys' jobs at least because – and I was shocked when he said, yeah, I just started to collect like in about five or ten years ago. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the kind of stuff he had in, in such a short – you know, I've kind of off and on collected uh, almost all my life and, you know, a lot longer than he has. And I don't think my collection – and not that, you know, there's any rhyme or reason of I got more stuff than you type of thing. That doesn't matter. I'm just saying he he amassed quite a bit in a short period of time. Yeah, he did. It was a bit of a bit of an orgy of, of purchases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. I need more. It was yeah, no, for sure. Dave's got Dave's got quite the collection for sure, and 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 an interesting collection. He's got a little bit of everything. It's interesting too. Dave's actually collection has actually changed somewhat uh, since since the documentary was made because back when I did the documentary, originally he did had a lot of Hasbro pieces and kind of smaller pieces and that kind of a thing, and now his collection's kind of moved a, into a little bit different. Um, you know, a different sort of a vein, and he's kind well, of time kind for of peg st- warmers too. Then I guess. Huh? Well, <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny you should mention that. Well, I'm thinking about peg warmers too. That's 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 kind of the next bit. Um, but David actually bought himself a a, a a right after I finished shooting it. He actually bought himself a full size R two D two. Ah, okay. Yeah, which was pretty neat. It was pretty cool. Remote control R two D two did the whole thing. You know, drove around and right, beeped right. It, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, those are yeah. uh, those are popular as far as you know. There's whole collector uh, builder clubs. I mean, that would have been another area for you even to explore. You know, people that are really into the building of stuff like that. There, you had a little bit of that in there with the guy that was doing. I think the movie, the kind of retro, uh, you know, yeah. 1940s serial movie and, and that, but. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, no. There's a there, lot there of was, people. Go ahead. Sorry. There, yeah, though, sorry. Yeah, no. The, for sure. The, that was actually one thing I wish I'd have. Uh, I would. I'd like to have had a little bit more in there. I mean, it's it it. There, there like you say, there was a little bit of building, but uh, you know, I would like to. I mean, like, there's always another. Could be another documentary around the corner. There's a, like I said before. There's a ton of stuff that was that was left on the floor, and and that unfortunately was. I shouldn't say unfortunately. That was one of the things that didn't get touched quite as much. Um, one of the things about doing a documentary like this is because I'm collecting a lot of pieces. Um, you, you get what you get. You know what I'm saying, and right, that's what you cover. Right. You know, I actually wanted to do a piece as well on on uh, tattoos, on on science fiction and fantasy tattoos. I wanted to do a segment on yeah, on that's that. that's a huge thing too. It just uh, it's <laughs> there are oh, a lot, uh, and uh, w- w- one thing that I enjoyed as I was watching it. Another thing uh, that I liked was the fact that uh, you know. Th- that most of these people would bring up points about, you know, there are people out there that collect cars and work on cars. There are people that, that do this or do that, or I could be spending my money on drugs or something like that. (laughs) 
You know, I, yeah. I, I just it's something that I've always like like to bring up and, and say, you know, have said that to people, you know, that it, it, it's a pretty positive, you know, very uh, intellectual. Well, that's not even a good word to use, but it's, you know, there are very smart, intelligent people that are generally into this kind of an area of, of you know, whatever you want to call it, the the fandom thing. And, and yeah. like I think a few times it's mentioned in there, there are a lot of people out there that collect stuff you know of some kind they collect little porcelain dolls or 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 barbies or you know or star wars action figures or whatever and uh so it's uh it, it was just good that they you know brought that up i thought that you know several of them kind of said things like that so uh yeah well ultimately it's like i said at, at the very beginning of the podcast it's it's ultimately it's just it really is just a documentary about people's passions uh you know and and, and it's good that people are you know nothing wrong with being passionate about something you sure, know I'd, are, much, I'd much rather have that than oh, i don't care you know or whatever be very <laughs> you know apathetic and Oh, you know, whatever. There's a new Star Wars movie, big deal. There's a new Star <laughs> Trek movie, big deal. Yeah, you know, or yeah. Whatever, so. Well, and it's interesting too because a lot of people that are out there, you know, there's. I, I when I made the documentary, I actually, I kind of. Yeah, this is may sound funny, but in a way, the whole time I was creating it, I thought about thought about my audience as being my mother. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, well, how could I explain this to my mother? What these people, how these people could kind of understand. You know what I mean? They, they, right. And, and I think that's actually a fairly good way to do it because if you watch the documentary as, as a lay person or somebody who's outside of, of fandom, I think they'll actually understand it a lot better. Um, for example, I have a friend of mine who one day I was, I was talking to a buddy of mine and he had, he had seen the documentary and he's, you know, he's one of these, these guys that kind of looks at some, you know, fan, pe- people in fandom. And freaks. Kind of, you know, They're all freaks. Freak. Yeah. Exactly. He's one of those guys. And he was kind of – and this is, this, is, this is a true story. He said yeah. to me, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not like those guys. You know, I don't, don't collect costumes. He said, oh, that's their thing. And I don't really like that or, you know, I never used to do right. that or anything. But, and, you know, but I mean, you know, back when I was collecting comics, I wasn't like that. And then he started going off about this <laughs> he used to collect comics and you know and right. then he he literally paused in the middle of the sentence and he said oh my god i'm one of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was like okay you know something fans fans of this stuff are everywhere and you, you know it's it's less of a subculture than people would realize and i think it's it's more of a almost a a, a part of the overculture in a lot of ways i think in a lot of ways um, we've we've changed over say about the last fifteen twenty years, whereas yeah. a lot of the stuff was quite underground, and really now most of it is is above ground. You know, you, you, oh, it's a, you know, it's it's. I think you use this tagline in here several times. You know, you say something like the geeks will inherit the earth type of thing. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's everywhere right now. I mean, there's popular TV shows. Look at all the movies that are out this summer. Look at the ones that are making the money. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's. Uh, it's. I, I joke with my wife sometimes. I say, you know, since I've been into this kind of stuff for a long time, I said, you know what? I needed to get some into something else because now everybody's doing this. <laughs> everybody's going to conventions, wearing costumes, going to see Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever they're doing. You know, it, it's yeah, it's become. I, I hate to say it, almost mainstream. Although there are. There is still the stigma to a degree, and uh, well, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, the part of it was I wanted to sort of dissuage that stigma as well. I wanted to get yeah, you know yeah. get ba- get oh, past sure. that, which I think which I think the documentary did pretty well. Um, I think a lot of people, like I was saying, a lot of people are outside of fandom would really understand it much better once once they've seen the documentary. Um, yes, you know, definitely. To, to, 
to compare it to a different documentary, which I mean, the closest documentary that you can compare this to, I think, would probably be Trekkies. It's similar in how it, it approached a lot of the subject matter, but the difference between my documentary and Trekkies is a couple times I found personally, as much as I like Trekkies, I found Trekkies to be a little bit um, pointing at people and kind of laughing at them a little bit. You know what I mean? They, they yeah. kind of found the yeah, no, that's strange. definitely I, I I I think that's definitely fair of of uh, to say that about that. I mean. Yeah. You know, the, the media in general, uh, the, there's, um, there's a website called trekmovie.com, uh, and I've had some correspondence with, those, with, with the guy that runs that. His name is Anthony, and he had an interesting thing that was going on with the new Star Trek movie where some – and his site has, be, has become pretty popular, but he had some pretty big-time media places. Uh, like I think one of them maybe was Good Morning America. I shouldn't quote yeah. one. I don't know. But anyway, let's just say some pretty big magazine and, and TV uh, places that wanted they wanted him to set them up with with some, quote-unquote, very, like, out-there Star Trek fans, fans that were really uh, opposed to this new movie and everything like that. And, and basically, he, he wanted, he, you know, he wanted, they wanted Anthony to hook him up with the, the crazies kind of things. The cra- <laughs> yeah. And... and, and well, okay, let's see, 99% of them are like, the, you know, you show and pay warmers and are like myself, I try to say, and, and just most of the people that I've ever met were just people that, that like a certain thing. Yeah. But no, 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 that's not good for the, you know, the big-time news people. They want they want the ones that, you know, sleep in their uniform <laughs> and, you yeah. know, the whole court lady that went to court in her Star Trek uniform. They that, that's, that's what, you know, gets ratings i guess unfortunately and yeah, and, yeah and he kind of yeah. i liked it because he just basically said no i mean i yeah I, I i could probably find a couple of people that would fit your your take but uh, that isn't really representative so uh, hi this is rick moyer moyer 777 on the forums i love treks and sci-fi rico you rock And you know, you inspired me to do my own podcast. And so I have. Every week, I've started putting out a podcast called Taking With You. And it's all about my life and the world around me. You might find it interesting. I guarantee you, you'll smile by the end of the podcast. And in a world that is kind of depressing lately, I think it's great to be encouraged every week. So would you try it out? Come take a listen. It's at www.takehimwithyou.com. It's called Take Him With You, the weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. So I, I admired his, uh, his, you know, and, and that kind of leads me to one other uh, question that I had for you about all this, which is, did you run into some of that as far as like, ooh, maybe I don't really want to show that guy or that woman or, or whatever, and did you... Let's just say, you know, anyone who makes one of these kind of things, it, you know, you you select what goes in there, and you know, you're you're the guy. It's it's your ball. You get to decide yeah. what goes in, what doesn't go in. Was was there stuff that you go, hmm, probably not, or something? I, you know, I you know, be honest now. To be honest, no. Um, I I would say that of the people that I interviewed, I think only 
four people didn't make it into the show. Um, and of those four people, one of them, uh, which was unfortunate, I really wish he would have made it to the show. There was a, a couple of technical problems with microphones or sound or that kind of thing. And a couple other people, unfortunately, their interviews just didn't turn out great because some people are just not very good on camera, unfortunately. Sure. Yeah, there, there's, um, and, there's that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, you know, and, and their, their answers just weren't, weren't great. And that's fine. I mean, that's, 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 that's no knock against them at all. But you didn't have somebody come up to you and, like, they would only talk to you and cling on or something or that kind of scared you a little? <laughs> not, you don't know, not at all. Really? <laughs> you know, not uh, at all. This was all in Canada. You guys are all too normal or whatever. <laughs> you come down here in the States, I'll, I'll find you some. Yeah. So. Hook me up with somebody. Hook me up with the prototypical geek. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that didn't happen at all, which, you know, and, and like you say, you know, that was actually one of the, the thrusts of the, of the documentary. I mean, there were aspects of that in everybody's answers whenever I asked somebody sure. questions. You know, I could have easily have taken that sort of um, line in the documentary and made fun of people. Um, it, it would have been uh, fairly easy to do, you know, yeah. creative editing. Well, there's a and couple of times, kind of- I think, there, the one that comes to mind for me, at least, is some of them describing, like, and, and showing how much money they're spending on some of this stuff. And, I, and I've been taken to task on that on occasion, you know, on <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, my, my expensive Master Replicas Enterprise, for example, or something like that. Uh, but, you know, when they go into these toy stores and they, they you know, they're dropping hundreds of dollars, that's to a lot of people that would look, you know, a little bit funny to to you well, know, their toys. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I, I guess ultimately, I I try to avoid that sort of thing. I mean, you have to show a little bit of that, otherwise, you know, what's the point of showing a documentary yeah. if you're not gonna if you're not gonna show um, these people, you know, spending a little bit of money on their passions. With that said, you know, I know guys that'll drop, you know, twenty thousand, ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a quad to go hunting. You know, nobody oh, yeah. laughs. Yeah, nobody well, laughs at yeah, those you guys. Know, you know, it, it's just what you what you like and and what you enjoy. You know, there are a lot of people that go on very expensive vacations or go to big. You know, have have season tickets to some sporting thing that costs a lot of money these days. And, and that, yeah. and, you know, there's, you know, when you have, you know, you have okay, I, I I ate for the month or whatever. I paid my bills. I paid my mortgage. Okay, now I have this, and and <laughs> you know. You yeah, save exactly. some of it or whatever, and then you have, you know, what what is your entertainment? What do you like to do? And uh, yeah, so that's that's fine. It's um, the guys outside the the place on uh, getting all the that one toy store that had to, was opening at like at seven a.m. or whatever, and they're all waiting out in the cold to go in. And <laughs> I've never been into that. I've never really. I know I'm a collector, but I I, I like I like I guess my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I don't like the cold that much, but the I've never been that anxious for something. Now, now I ha, I do go to the movies, and I will you know get there kind of early on opening day, but that's about as much as as far as I go. And I, I don't you know not more than like about an hour ahead of time. But uh, yeah, but yeah. I've never been that dedicated to do those kinds of things. I guess I, for some well, reason I I don't know. One one of the things I wanted to do in the documentary, and actually I wound up I wound up leaving it on the on the cutting room floor a little bit, was I wanted to do. There's a it touches on it a little bit, but it, uh, originally I wanted to do a, a a fairly big act on the differences between vintage collectors and modern toy collectors, um, uh-huh. and 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 the different sort of extremes that people will go to collect, and that's kind of where that act came from. It's a little more watered down from what it was originally, um, you know, and and there, there there's a little bit of a, a, a of a, what's the word I'm looking for um 
a little bit of eh, a little bit of heat between the two groups in some ways. You know, the, a lot sure. of a lot of the yeah. a lot of the vintage a lot of the vintage guys will sit there and go, God, why do you get in line for hours on end to get a brand new toy? Yeah, that's, that's what, you know. Yeah, that's what's yeah. funny about the you know. Sometimes I always think it's funny about the you know. There's friction between the you know the Star Wars fans and the Star Trek fans, which you had yeah. a little bit of that in there, but not but not a lot. And uh, no, no, and I've always found it kind of interesting and kind of humorous almost in a way, just because you know you guys are basically the same thing. It's like the <laughs> yeah, it's like you the know, Mac versus you know, you're, PC you're, it's guys, the yeah. kettle calling the co- you know whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, okay, you like a bunch of movies, we like movies and a TV show or whatever. Uh, they're set in space. Uh, how, are we really that different? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Pepsi Coke or the PC yeah, versus I, I mean, Mac. Come on, or, guys. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's still uh, it's Ultimately, still very it's similar. Thing. So, uh, but you know, that's that's the way some people are you know you're you're wrong and i'm right and this is what i like and this is you know what you like ah that's that's wrong so but yeah there are definitely different types of collectors and you yeah you could have just had you know the whole thing could have been about just collecting itself collecting stuff and and you know uh toys and, and other collectibles related to you know popular media and culture and that well, one one of the things I wanted to do too, actually, to tell you the truth, one of the reasons I did the documentary the way it was with the sixteen different acts on, on on about there's about twelve or thirteen different subjects really. Um, I wanted to um, show how all these like again how all these different fandoms relate to each other, uh, and I, I wanted to I wanted it to appeal to a fairly wide audience, unlike say Trekkies, which is really just about well Trekkies. Um, yeah, and, and right. I, you know, and and I and I think that I think it succeeded in in that and that in, you know. In, in a lot of ways, I thought to myself, you know, basically, what would you find at a, at a, a sci-fi convention? Um, and look at that sort of a thing, you know. So I, you know, basically, if you look at the documentary, pretty much everything that was in the show, you you, you could find it a, a fairly, you know, one of the medium to larger sized, you know, uh, f- uh, science fiction, you know, at at a, at a conference, at a convention. Um, so you know, I, I thought it was I thought it was interesting subject matter, uh, and, and like I say, I wanted it to appeal to a fairly broad audience as well, which I think it did. Um, and it makes it a little more fun seeing all these different types of fandom and, and, and how they relate to each other. For example, Jeff in the in the uh, Jeff Job, who's in the documentary, we're talking about toy collecting, and we we were talking about it in, in the uh, in the director's commentary. He was saying he didn't know that much about comic collecting, and he didn't know about the bronze, gold, silver, you know, the, the different ages of comic books and how right. that yeah. kind of worked. So I think in a lot of ways, for a lot of people that are into into, into fandom, into the different types of fandom. So for example, if you're into Toy collecting, you don't necessarily understand, say, the costuming end of it. You can you you can kind of relate to it. You kind of go, huh? Okay, that's interesting. Or or the medieval costumers, how it relates back to Dungeons and Dragons, etc. You know what I'm saying? It, it, how they all kind of interrelate with each other. And I think that was kind of important to do that because it, ultimately, it's you know, it's <laughs> they really are you know different. The, the songs may be different, but the vibe is all the same. You yes, know, it, definitely. It, it's you know, you you. Uh... You know, we were talking about being, you know, passionate about something and people have to have sort of an, you know, an outlet. And I think it all, a lot of it has, and this came up a few times throughout the documentary, all, a lot of it has to do with, you know, escapism to a degree. You know, there there is, you know, you know, the world, especially I'd say these days, and, you know, it, it, you could just basically go back even 100 years. There's always problems going on around you, no matter what time frame you know people will say oh it's worse now than it's ever been well i probably not but it doesn't matter there's always issues or problems that everybody has to deal with every day 
Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just nice to have something that you can have fun with, that you can relax about, that you can meet other people that are into it. That was another thing that you brought up a lot that I, I really enjoyed seeing was just the sort of camaraderie aspects of all these people were friends. They would get together and, you know, just have a little party or get together and, and chat about their latest, you know, th- I built this costume or I, <laughs> I got this toy. So yeah, yeah. I like reasons- that, you know, that these people weren't just like, oh. You know, they'd come to the door and like only, you know, not take the open the door all the way with the chain on it, and they'd look at you with your camera and who are you? What do you want? You know, kind <laughs> yeah. of a thing. That yeah, no, that wasn't in there at all. Very friendly uh, bunch that you got. Yeah, well, that that was one actually. That was again, that was one of the thrusts of the documentary. Again, there's sort of that uh, there's that stigma that these guys are a bunch of again, you know, the basement dwelling guy who lives in mom's basement. You know, well, I am in my basement right now. <laughs> well, there you go, so. everybody. Yeah, but everybody's got their basement for something. Sure, right. But but I wanted to show that these guys, you know, f- for for the majority of them, um, they're they're very. Um, they're, they're 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 very outgoing. Uh, uh, you know, they're 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 not. They're not um, introverted, introverted, at introverted at all. I mean, they're they're no. mostly you know extroverted. I mean that that's the thing that I was uh, has always kind of amazed me is, is the 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 mistake that people make about that. I I'll tell you what, you put on a you're six foot two and you put on an Ewok costume and start walking around town. <laughs> you that takes guts. That takes <laughs> yeah, a lot absolutely. of guts. You know, and uh, and you <laughs> have to be friendly and and just you know kind of it's. It's not exactly what people would generally think, right? Well, so. it, it's interesting too because you know uh, the truth of the matter is it, it, this group in, in fandom. Um, I, I mentioned this. I was at a science fiction convention a couple of years ago talking about my documentary, and and I and I mentioned this to the group is like I find that it's a very open, very welcoming, welcoming group as a whole. Um, and I mentioned I told the story about how I was at the science fiction convention. And there was a party going on that night, you know, big, big drunken bash, of course, kind uh-huh. of a thing. Uh, and and it was a, there was a dance, and I remember thinking to myself, this is really cool because in one corner you had a group of Star Trek guys, they were talking with the Star Wars guys. Over another corner you had another group of people dancing and having fun. Another group of people you had, you know, just eating and talking and you know, showing off their their armor. But then over in another corner, I literally saw this one woman sitting there reading a novel. She was reading a, a science fiction yeah. novel at yeah. this at this party. I think party. I've been at these events like that I've, <laughs> I've seen exactly what you're describing i've seen you it know, oh many times yes and, and nobody was looking at her thinking she was you know everybody was very accepting of each other and i think that's wonderful you know i, I think in this day and age it's really nice to see that um you know it, it's a group of people it, it really is a, a very large group but it's a group of individuals you know and, and it's really nice to see that people embrace everybody's individuality and they're, they're accepting other people for you know what, what, what they are and who they are and what their passions are, rather than kind of poo-pooing on it, going eh. So it it kind of really opens things up for a lot of people. You know, you love the medieval guys talking to, say, for example, the five or first guys about the different types of costuming, yep. or the medieval guys yep. talking to the D and D guys, and they all can kind of relate to each other. And and it's a it's a really really nice warm melting pot. And everybody, you know, when I when I shot the documentary, it, it amazed me how friendly and how open everybody in the documentary was, and how nice they were, and and how completely normal they were. You know, it, it, it's almost, it was, it's almost, almost freakish how normal <laughs> everybody yeah, was. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. You know? And I, I think that, like you were saying earlier, I think that that has, you know, back uh, even like when I was in college and, and things weren't quite as big as they are now, and as far as you know, geek stuff everywhere. But 
I think it's changed to a degree in terms of, you know, everyone kind of is into it to a degree now, you know, yeah, you yeah. know, one, one way or the other. And, uh, you know, they're the people who like the vampire stuff. They're the people that, you know, are into that now. That's another thing, sub culture yeah, out there. Yeah. So, um, no, it, it's, it, it's just all over the place. It's pretty much, you can't avoid it really. And, uh, and, and everyone is very friendly in general and, and just, very accepting ab- about other people, which is a great thing. You know, if more people were like that, I think things would be, in general, a better a better world. You know, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's interesting too because you know everybody can re- kind of relate with the stuff that's in the documentary too, even if you haven't seen it. The Gus Lopez is in the documentary. He has a couple of little moments, uh, and and one of the things that J- that Gus says is is that. Um, everybody can relate to collecting because at some point in somebody's life, everybody has collected something, no matter yeah. what it is, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and it's true, you know. Little old ladies collect spoons, or you know, I've, I've got a, I, I don't really collect any toys or anything, but I have a, I have a, a small collection of vintage cameras, um, that kind of thing. And people can kind of relate with that. And as long as you have interesting stories to talk about these these different collectibles, it it, it you, you know everybody can relate to that. Um, and there's another part actually in the documentary about, about the Dungeons and Dragons talking about games and everybody's gamed everybody's played some games at some point you know you've had people you know you have nuns going back or you know and monks going back oh yeah yeah play you know, games so games of some kind whether you know it, it's it have been gone back to you know caveman days i mean there you know there's been some <laughs> something right. to amuse yourself when you're not actually out there hunting <laughs> and gathering or whatever you yeah know, it's uh but it's a good it's, good thing to bring out it's interesting though. I still find it interesting too. To this, to I mean, it's it's going away. It's gone away substantially compared to what it used to be. But it, I find it interesting how though, unfortunately, there still seems to be somewhat of a stigma attached to science fiction and fantasy fandom, even though ultimately these people are just doing what everybody else does. There's there seems to, still seems to be some kind of a a weird little stigma attached to it. And and I'm still even after doing the documentary and and all that stuff, I'm still not totally sure where that where that comes from. And I, like I yeah. say, slowly and surely, I think yeah. it's starting to go away, but it, it it is still there to a point. Again, like you were saying with the with the interviews that the other fellow wanted to do, when people are looking forward to it for, for sort of the freaks, um, it's unfortunate that's still out there. And, and like I say, I I try to I, I try to avoid that you know, like the plague. The yeah. thing about it is, is that there are you know that happens in, anytime you have any large group of people you know just do a little bit of you know statistics and and a bell curve or whatever i mean it, whether they're <laughs> they're fans that go to football games and and paint themselves whatever colors the the team is you know and i don't even know if that's that crazy but but i mean there's extremists in, in every little culture out there so it's it it's not like there are any more in in these areas than any place else i don't feel at all and uh and when you even look at things like, you know, the Comic Con that happens in California every year that's coming up in about another month or so, I mean, you can't tell me that, that those thousands and thousands and all those people that go there that everyone would think that they're just, you know, wackos or anything like that. It's become very <laughs> popular, very mainstream. I mean, it's all like sold out and everything. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I, if you ever had a chance to go to that. I, I haven't been able to yet, but uh, no, no. That that'll probably be in Peg Warmers too. <laughs> good, I'd like to do. Good. You know, I I I'd like to do. Yeah, you know, I I would like to have gone to Comic Con or one of the one of the celebrations. That that'd be interesting as well. Um, but I mean, this this documentary was fairly small budget. Uh, it, it wasn't a real big budget documentary. It was done 
pretty much entirely out of my po- own pocket and just my own time kind of a thing. So um, I didn't get to go as far away as I could have. It's, it's, it's Alberta-based. I live in Canada, of course, and, and the documentary happens entirely in Alberta. So what yeah, happens I was, with you? you know, being from the United States myself, and I, you know, I've been to Canada a few times in different places, but uh, I, I was actually pleasantly you know, surprised and, and happy to kind of see that just because I don't get a lot of that. You know, I see the... You know, people have done uh, stuff and coverage of, of the, you know, like Comic-Con and the, the other things like that. But it was nice to see that just because I haven't seen it. And I didn't realize yeah, yeah. there was as much going on in that area. You know, there's that town of Vulcan up there with <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. the big uh, representation of, you know, the Enterprise kind of uh, that they built, to, which was, was cool to see. I, I really liked that part. Obviously, <laughs> you know, I'm into Trek quite a bit and, you know, showing some of the stuff that you showed uh, about the guy that built it i don't know did you ever get it did you get a chance to actually talk to him at all you the some... farmer who built it no no unfortunately i didn't i i, I didn't at all it, it would have been nice to talk to him i'm not sure if he's even in, in town anymore okay yeah because uh, i'm not yeah i think the date was like 1995 it was put up if that when it, they you built know, it something yeah, like yeah. that it, that's when that was first put up but uh yeah it was uh you know i didn't realize um that there was that much going on up there and then there was like some kind of a convention that was going on right there uh that you did some footage at uh well, a I, couple I, of the klingons from the the trek shows were there uh, yep yep jg so hertzler and robert o'reilly were right robert yeah. o'reilly with the eyes and uh <laughs> galron ah. yeah galron and martok ah. yeah. yeah are you uh are you a big follower of trek and star wars we we, we were talking earlier i mean are, are you into those very much i know you said you you're not that much of a collector but um i i, I if if i this, this might surprise a lot of people because my documentary follows a fair amount of, of of the of the badlands garrison which is the alberta chapter of the 501st there's a fair amount of those guys in there and there's a fair amount of star wars content yes. uh but if i if honestly if between if i had to choose between star wars and star trek i'm probably more of a star trek guy than a star oh, wars oh good guy. no i don't uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy this them both. This is Trex and Sci-Fi. Thanks for listening. There you, <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, I just just because it's one of those things that I, I I just find the universe a little just personally for me I find the universe a little more interesting in Star Trek than Star Wars. Um, but 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 like I, I said, of course, the Star Wars is the movie. I would put this you know New Hope is one of my top ten movies for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. As as for actually really following it really close like these guys, eh, not not as definitely not as close. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm not the giant fanboy, but you know the, the movies are in the theater. I'll go see them. I think um, it would have been know. hard for you to do this if you weren't. At you have least to have a, liking yeah. these things to a degree. I mean, I, I I would have found it hard. I mean, and it, you have it, to have a tertiary. Yeah, you have to have a bit of a tertiary understanding and a bit of a. You have to have a bit of a of, of an interest in it. Yeah, to you're do probably it about the best fit because you're not super heavy into it, but you you know definitely enough of it that you can you know talk Get the by. talk yeah. in, in the lingo yeah. and all that. And, yeah. You don't yeah, look exactly. like a complete outsider where they're all like yelling, get him, get him. He doesn't belong here. <laughs> Herbert, Herbert. Like yeah. one of those, uh, you know, zombie movies or whatever. He's not one of us. So uh, yeah, Mutation. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it was uh, actually, no, that's it's true. You bring up a good point because actually one of the things about the documentary is I learned a ton of stuff about it. And it was interesting for me. And, you know, some of my interviews actually when I was interviewed, people ran a little longer. I watched the back actor and it was like, holy smokes, I, I didn't realize I interviewed that guy for two hours straight. Um, oh, yeah, because it's kind of like this. I mean, it turns into then just like a conversation between a couple of guys who have similar interests or whatever. 
Exactly. Yeah, and and it was a re- it was a really fun exploration for me to learn about all of this about the whole, about fandom and, and to kind of get into it. And it, it it was it was really it was really a lot of fun and like I say a real exploration. And to be honest, there's a lot more stuff that I want to learn about. You know, there's there's a ton of more stuff. That oh I, no, you I, don't. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure. Well, maybe not. You know. Um, but you know, like I was saying, for for uh, I'm still thinking about a peg warmers too, uh, because like you like you say. There's still a lot of stuff that was, like I was saying before, there's a lot of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor. Um, yeah, and it probably you've, you've probably even though you know you do this a little bit as a, as your job and for the living, but I, I'm guessing that you know you kind of have the bug a little bit maybe now that you've been uh, kind of bit yeah. to a degree that you want to continue oh, yeah. and and do other things of your own, you know, making and, and yeah, that. yeah. Well, I, I've made a ton of friends out of this. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've I bet you I've made. 50, 60 good new friends out of out of out of out of this documentary guys that I, you know I, I yeah. you know that that I see you know once in a while and say hi to and I can relate with them and talk to them about what they're into kind of a thing, um and and, and that, that that's really nice you know it it, it yeah it's, definitely it's, it's a very it's a very positive influence I guess that, that ultimately that was kind of the push and kind of the, the 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 whole arc of the whole documentary is that it's all very positive stuff. It's all a very positive, positive influence on a lot of people's lives um, as opposed to the, a lot of the sort of negative connotations that a lot of people seem to think that it has. Um, and I, I, I think that came through in the documentary. I think I think it came out as being yeah. a very, very positive I mean, there's still people that are going to see it and, and say, boy, these guys, you know, I, I just could never do that or whatever. But I don't think there's anyone that would sit and, and watch it and say, I don't understand them or why would they be doing this? I, I think a lot of their, you know, the reasons. And I like the one guy, you know, who says something in the movie like, you know, I could be spending all my money on crack or something instead or, or whatever. And I'm like, you know, that that it's just true. I mean, you know, there are people that go out and drink every night and, you know, and, and do, you know, you know, buying even like, I, I don't know, even purses what yeah anything yeah well, exactly. it's just uh, you know like you know people it's just it's just something that people enjoy doing and there's really nothing harmful in it you know <laughs> really i don't think but uh it's um tell us a little bit just to kind of wrap things up a little bit i know we're going a lot longer than probably i, I anticipated or but that's typical for me at least uh, <laughs> thanks for hanging in there but no uh, problem uh, just to just to wrap up a little bit, can you tell people um, what have you done as far as getting this out to to people? I mean, I know you have the a website at pegwarmers.tv, right? Yep. Pegwarmers.tv. And you mentioned TV. some shows that you you've you've put the uh, you know you've shown the 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 video at or the or the documentary uh, at different movie events. Have you had any luck with? Uh, I don't, I don't know other other avenues of distribution for this streaming it or uh, what have you been um, I, looking at along those lines? I, I, I'd like to I'd still like to get a DVD a big DVD distributor. I've done sort of a little independent DVD release of the thing. Um, the, the DVD distributors kind of unfortunately, and this is unfortunate too. I've sent the DVD off to a few distributors, and they've kind of looked at they've sent me back emails with a with you know you can kind of tell on the other end of of the email they kind of got one eyebrow raised and and saying well who's this who's this documentary for what's the audience I actually had one distributor actually say that to me. Uh, and you know, your answer should be everyone. I mean, well, it's it, like, yeah, it's the, like well, I don't you know what's the question? I mean, there there have been yeah. other things like this that have been put out. I, I don't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Trekkies, for example, was a, was a theatrical big theatrical 
theatrical release that did very well. Um, so that's been a little frustrating. Does he I've, not see that, the uh, you know what's going on? Like we've talked about for the last you know several minutes about you know geekdom out there. I mean, I. <laughs> yeah. I don't get I, that. I, 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 I <laughs> you guess need to not. watch it. Tell him he needs to watch it, and then maybe he'd get it. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess not. I've I still have it out at a couple other distributors and that sort of thing, and I'm still trying to get a, a larger dis- distribution deal. And of course, I'd like to get it to television. That was kind of the the, the ultimate thrust of the thing. Um, and as, but you know, unfortunately, in this day and age too, as well with television. Um, the truth of the matter is that television isn't paying a whole lot right nowadays, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and to get a, to get a show like that to air is is surprisingly expensive uh, between insurance and that sort of thing. Um, and, and you mean it, it, you mean expensive for for yourself? Or? For myself, surprisingly enough. So yeah. You pay them; they take your your work, and you're yeah, paying yeah. them. Is that is that what you mean? Like if you don't you have uh what do you have in in Canada like Sky is it called uh, uh some kind space, of sci-fi space, channel Space Channel is is the or big space. one Space I'm sorry why yeah. I don't know why I'm saying yeah. Sky that's that's UK I think or something Yeah yeah that's that's a that's a British one um the, the the biggest thing about a documentary like this is that or a show like this is that you have to get insurance it sounds crazy but you have to get something called air and emissions insurance which is kind of expensive What what uh, is like, what are what is being insured <laughs> I know seems- it sounds it Television is a is is a sounds like some insurance scam to me. It sounds like uh, you know. <laughs> it, it almost is to be like- honest. It, it, errors and emissions insurance is insurance that that uh, covers you in case somebody who was in the documentary that didn't want to be in the documentary winds up on air. Um, for example, if somebody's well, walking people, through the background, you know that kind of a thing. So, oh, it, so there's this little guy on the on the convention floor way in the back that you you know panned across or whatever yeah. and and uh, he watches this and he goes well you didn't i didn't sign a release you didn't pay me you didn't do this you didn't unfortunately oh. that that happens uh and and the way television is going right now they're not paying a lot for for programming and it's it's barely worth covering um the, the amount that you would get paid for a window say for example an 18 month window on that's on very a broadcast. sad huh it, it it really is and unfortunately well it, it, there there's a bit of a you, know, you, you probably know what's going on with the television industry right now it, especially it, and media industries well in they're general. all panicked about the internet that's what's going on about it that's, really. that's part of it too yeah. well and and unfortunately dude eh, there's so many channels out there right now yeah. that they're they're barely paying anything for for content um so yeah, that's for really me, unfortunate it really is, you know. So for me, the truth of the matter is, right now, I'm almost—it's almost more profitable for me to keep it small and try to keep doing independent release than it is for me to do something big and do a big, large broadcast. Ironically, because then you have, you know, it's like anything else—you have all this all this overhead that you have to deal with. It, it, you know, right. ultimately, I, I still wanted to get it to air, and if I find something that that's profitable enough to do, I'll, I'll get it to air for sure. But in the so, meantime, at least, you know, they you you are distributing the DVD on a smaller scale through your website. Right, so people yeah, can I sure. get it there. I sure am. Yeah, yeah the, the website is www.pegwormers.tv, uh, and you can order it online there and 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 get your copy from there. And how about and setting it up through other places online, as far as like an Amazon or or how how does that work? I'm, I, I'm looking curious. into that as well. Yeah, yeah. Amazon's, okay. Amazon's not tough. You just have to supply them with a bunch of DVDs and get, and get it over. Yeah, to I them know that when you sometimes you buy things through them, that sometimes it all basically it just sends you. They list it, but it sends you to like another. Well, it yeah, doesn't exactly. even really send you. It says, "Oh, you're <laughs> buying this, uh, 
this DVD player through blah 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 electronics store, but you buy everything through Amazon or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, Amazon's kind of the, almost like eBay in a way. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not you know, sure if that means they they do the shipping too, or if that would just yeah, yeah. revert to it, you, but. There's there's ways of getting it out there, and then, yeah. you know, it, it, like I say, the the, the, the launch, the, the DVD launch was fairly recently as well as you know, it's only been available on on online uh, about for about two months, kind of a thing. Oh, okay. So it's, okay. Yeah, it, it it it's still fairly in its infancy as well, to getting will, it out. Well, we will, you know, as far as this, this is going to go out uh, later this week uh, over the weekend, and you know, I will try to definitely tell as many people as I can on both online and in the real world about it and uh, I, I think you did a great job I really enjoyed watching it and uh, probably one of the better documentaries about this kind of thing that I've ever seen and uh, it's really uh, just it's just fun to watch these guys are a lot of fun and uh, I, I my jaw dropped a few times <laughs> when I was like <laughs> well yeah, yeah no thanks I, I really appreciate that well I mean ultimately it, it's it's the documentary is kind of their story it's it's not really my documentary you know I, I really wanted to let these people tell their stories and and uh, I wanted them to be I wanted to be as honest as I possibly could and I think I think the honesty actually kind of came through in it you know the, there's some <laughs> there's some very funny moments in the documentary yeah and there's um, some good stuff this I mean I don't mean that that's not good stuff but the uh, yeah, yeah. you know I, I I frankly was getting a little choked up a few times with the uh, the stuff with the 501st or the Badlands. I guess that's their oh, yeah. subdivision, yeah, but doing the you know the the work at the hospitals with kids. And I'm aware of that stuff, but you know you know that kind of thing is the kind of thing that the, the general news never brings out. You know that these yeah, guys exactly these guys well, go you know, to do these things. They do events, and basically they're doing it out of the you know the goodness of their hearts, and, and they'll get somebody like. A company that they're doing something at, you know, to donate to a charity or whatever. So uh, yeah, yeah, that was actually, I think, to, you know, not to get too far into it, but I think that was actually possibly one of the most important um, chapters in the documentary. Because at that point of the documentary, we'd seen other guys collecting toys and collecting this and that and buying stuff and doing things for themselves. But at, at that point in the documentary, the the storyline kind of changed a little bit, and it was it was really, you know, about what. What other people, what people are doing for others, and it's really nice to see these guys doing that sort of a thing. You know, it's it's a little it's a little bigger community than you know just a bunch of guys wandering around in white costumes. Yeah, and, yeah. It, it, and I think it was really important to show that because I think it, you know a lot of people even still even after watching they say okay they're having fun and they're they're doing their things, but ultimately you know it, it, they're doing definitely more good for the world than, than anything. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah, the, yep, the, definitely. The, and it, it, it comes through very much, you know, and I've, I've, I think that, that uh, you know, I've even been at, at, at places, even just a simple convention where there's just some little kid whose eyes light up oh, at, yeah. at a, you know, a stormtrooper walking by or somebody else in another costume or whatever. And, you know, I've even played around with it at a Halloween and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's just... It's what's being part of the kind of world community is all about. I mean, you know, and it's it, they are thinking about that when they're doing this kind of thing too. Yeah, they go out and have fun too, but they, but they also give give back as well. So, exactly. Well, uh, Jason, just hang on. I, I'm gonna I want to chat just for a couple more seconds after we're done here. But I want to just thank you again for taking uh, all this time to talk to us all about Peg Warmers, your documentary about fandom and. 
just the very positive messages that it brings across. I, I, I really enjoyed watching it, and we'll uh, we'll see if we can get a few more sales for you. And uh, <laughs> I I, uh, I hope so. And, uh, and and I want Jedi Jeff's autograph now. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you an autograph copy with with uh, Jedi <laughs> Jeff and Red Eye Co. How's that? I'll get you. Yeah, those I'll get guys. You a copy of the show uh, for I'll sure. tell you, they have these. Yeah. Jeff's got this little secret life. I mean, I knew he was into it, but not quite as much as I knew about it at, or be, you know, before I watched this. So, all right, Jason, hang on. Thanks very much. Thank you. Want to contribute to the weekly podcast with audio comments? Send them in to treksf at gmail.com or visit www.treksandsci-fi.com. Treks and Sci-Fi. With Rico Dusty. Okay, folks, I hope everyone enjoyed that uh, interview with Jason Holland, and uh, I definitely would highly suggest you go over, pick up his DVD uh, documentary over at pegwarmers.tv. It's well worth watching, a lot of fun, and I think everyone would really enjoy seeing this, you know, not just uh, people that are into this kind of fandom and in different geek areas, uh, but just, uh, you know, just show it to anyone you, uh, you might, you know, there's, there's just a lot of stuff in there. Some very heartwarming moments too. And like we talked about during the interview. So check it out over at pegwarmers.tv. I'm just wrapping up the show right now. And I, I want to announce that next week's show will be about the Star Trek, a next generation episode Cupid, which is a lighthearted, uh, rump, uh, with Q and, uh, uh, Worf saying, I am not a merry man. I mean, come on. Isn't that a great episode? <laughs> I can't believe I haven't covered that one yet. But anyway, we'll be back next week with that. Uh, send your comments in about that particular episode. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and what you think about Cupid to play next week on Treks and Sci-Fi. Everyone take care until then. Uh, and who knows, maybe on next week's show I'll have some good job news. Uh, wish me luck. Bye-bye, folks. RPG! RPG! Writer! Writer! Dear sir and madam, would you read my post? It took me days to write and now I've got a boast. I made up my character and gave him a name. So I need an idea and I want to be an RPG writer. RPG Writer It's a gritty story about a big spaceship In the Starfleet setting, and yeah, it's a hit Season 8 in the Mere Universe It's a cool story, cause we're writing it first Writers RPG Writers RPG Writer RPG It's hundreds of pages, give or take a few On the internet in a week or two We can make it longer if we join our post I can change it around and I want to be an RPG writer RPG writer If you really like it, you can start writing Email Kenny or Jan, get your stuff in Write each day and make the story soar But I need a post and I want to be an RPG writer RPG writer RPG writer
Sci-Fi.com